and so we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz As a small biz pro and so we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz pro and so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good afternoon and welcome to the Business Zone. I am Crystal Mitchell and uh, my co-host Gilbert is on his way in. <laughs> and so, uh, Happy New Year. We started, we're the second week in the month and uh, so excited uh, to be here. Uh, so excited to be here and happy to have you with us. So welcome to the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. And Gilbert is on the phone. So, Gilbert, are you coming in? Okay. Well, I hope everyone has had their first week has been um, amazing. Mine has been quite busy. And uh, January came in with a bang, which to me sets the stage for what the rest of the year is going to look like. So I'm going to have to figure out how to manage it. Uh, so it doesn't take me by storm, but hopefully yours is going pretty well as well. So we had a guest today, Mr. Michael, um, Mr. Macau uh, Logan, but he uh, had we had some uh, conflicts, so he won't be here today, but he will be here next week. Uh, so our topic is going to be slightly different today. Uh, we're going since it's January uh, 10th or no 12th. We're going to talk about what you need to be doing for your year in closing out 2023 and moving forward for 2024. So we're excited about that and looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, so um, some of you are probably already on tap and already ready. You closed out your year already, and um, but some of you have not, and some of you I need some direction on what that looks like. But in order for us to have a successful new year, um, business-wise, we have to close out the old year and pretty much just kind of start all over again, right? Uh, especially when it um, when it comes to uh, generating our 2024 revenue. So looking forward to uh, doing that. Uh, Gilbert, are you still there? Yeah, it's telling me to wait 10 minutes because the count is locked. Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, so let me, while you're waiting 10 minutes, let me just send you an invite link and then you'll come in like a guest. <laughs> It'll be a little bit different, but let me do that for you because so you can come in as well. Hold on one second. Let me get you the link. And, ooh, no, not here. So, are you guys ready for this new year? Um, all right, Gilbert, I'm sending this to you now. Okay, so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. I got some things that I had pre-planned and uh, was ready for. The one thing that's for me uh, that I found that I'm much more active and more people are inviting me to events and um than the previous year, so that's kind of new for me. Um, it requires a lot of dress up, and uh, so I went to this past weekend. 
Um, last week, this week, uh, the president of the Los Angeles Urban League, uh, Ambassador Michael A. Lawson, he retired. So we went to his farewell um, congratulatory um, um, salon or, or event, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so he's moving on to his next um, his next work, uh, next, um, I guess, endeavors. I would imagine he's going to rest because um, the last six years have been quite busy for him. So I know, but it was very nice. Got to see all the who's who in Los Angeles. And um, so that was pretty cool. And then I did a couple of workshops and classes. And uh, so here it is, Friday. It zoomed by really quick. Gilbert, did you get the link? Yeah, I got the link, and I'm just setting up my background right now. Okay, all righty. All righty, so Gilbert will be in in a second or two, and, um, um, and then we'll be ready to get going. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about year-end um, a checklist. It's uh, 20 steps to preparing uh, you for the new year. Now, most of us should have been doing this uh, last week, last month or toward the October, so Gilbert is here now. <laughs> so, let's see, come in as a guest, so let's see. <laughs> I'm a guest today. <laughs> I'm your guest for today. Okay. <laughs> Not quite sure why you had trouble this week. I have okay. no idea, man. I have no idea. <laughs> So how was your week? Oh man, this week, what happened this week? I had so many things going on. Uh, I think I, this week was a little easier week than ever. I was working on my mentor protege program, you know, writing the materials for it. So okay. that was pretty good. So we got that done for the prime that I'm working with. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're all ready to roll, man. So, uh, can't wait to um, can't wait to get the the ball rolling so we can start this program. We're we're anticipating about thirty DBEs in that program, mm. and then we'll be coaching them throughout the project. You know, once it's awarded, it will be about for five years. So we're really going to help these small disadvantaged businesses uh, get their their piece of the pie. No, that's good. Um... You know, so important, uh, especially now, I think it's more important than ever that we create uh, or increase our uh, capacity, I guess, uh, yeah. to making sure that we can grow our businesses, we can uh, achieve and increase our revenue uh, gains, because uh, no matter what's going on in this world politically, mm -hmm. um, bottom line is you have to be able to live as a capitalistic country and yeah. world and so without money it just doesn't work i'm just sorry okay what fuel you in where you are uh here in this country you require funds to make it work and yeah. um and you need and it, it just um, you know baffles me that you know some people find themselves having to run their own business and work a second job when it's just the opportunities to uh, make money is so much greater with your own job, having your own business than it is working for somebody else. 
And the, the, that's why our topic today, which is uh, taking care of your year-end um, items in order to prepare for the new year, that's why that's going to be so critical because preparing to be a, a protege on a mentor-protege program, you have a checklist of items also that you have to have in place to make sure that partnership between the mentor and the protege really works. So we're going to be covering quite a bit of those items on the show today, and that's going to really help some of our viewers and listeners as to what they need to have in place moving forward for 2024. Uh, for sure. You know, this is my area. Uh, my first four months of this year, is of any year, uh, pretty much is the fact that I'm working with small businesses to um, make sure that they have that year in um, those year in items in place, uh, closing out their books, um, reconciling their bank statements and things like that so that they can uh, then produce accurate uh financial reports and not just for taxes but also for forecasting and budgeting uh, for the new year so it's really important so i spent most of uh, where i wasn't having meetings and trainings this week pretty much all of my conversations this week was all about this topic right here oh. <laughs> I think so, I, so I you are with, already in motion on this i'm already in motion i think i had seven or eight uh, coaching clients this weekend. We this was the, this was the topic for each and every one of them. Where are we going and um, how we what we need to do? Where are the steps uh, to closing out and getting ready for the new year? Yeah, and um, and and small businesses need to keep this at the top of their mind. You know, not just at the beginning of the year, but throughout the whole year. You know, am I following my checklist? Am I am I covering all the items that needs to be uh, covered? Uh, within my milestone plan. They need to do that because uh, that's the only way you can stay on task. You can keep things accomplished and keep on going and know whether or not you have uh, achieved your milestone and can move forward. Uh, for sure. And then there's just some, very, some things that are very mandatory. So uh, we have some uh, due dates coming up uh, very rapidly. And so everyone should be in the mode if you are a small business and you utilize contractors in 2023. Uh, there's uh, the year 1099 need to be done by uh, the 30. You need to get the, re the report or the 1099 uh, to those uh, vendors. And uh, by uh, January 31st. And so everybody should be in that mode right now. Um, making sure so next week I everybody I'm doing is that's what I'm doing next week to make sure and if you had employees then uh, all of the payroll companies are working to uh, uh, generate the and produce the uh, W-2 so that's part of the checklist making sure all the numbers are um, are accurate and uh, have been reconciled so those are the two of the most important things your your uh, 1099 W3 uh, record a report is due on February 1st. So they're supposed to, since it's due on February 1st, they should they should have this thing done by say January 22nd and wow. be ready to send it off, right? Uh huh. Right, so that's what everybody should be doing right now. And if you had an accounting system, that would be pretty si si simple. But before you could even get to that, you have to reconcile your bank statements for December. 
uh, 31st. So that's what everybody should be working on. So by the end of the month, you have that. If you have accessibility, as uh, long as it's mailed out by the 30, the 31st of January, you're good to go. But it, uh, you, it, that's when it needs to be done. And then you have to turn around and send your report uh, to uh, the, the federal government. Um, and then the same thing with payroll. So everybody should be getting their W-2s by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Los Angeles County, uh, Los Angeles City, that uh, city tax is going to be due, what, February 28th? February 28th, yeah. So that's February 28th. So, um, again, that's why you're reconciling and, and compiling so that you can find out what your real, what your financial numbers, your um, net profits and gross profits were for 2023. Um, and there's a huge penalty that with the one with the state of, with the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, yeah. The penalty is at least $300 at least. Right. And that means if you make, if you generate revenues under a hundred thousand, but you did not file on time, that penalty, that's a late fee of $300. If you generate more than a hundred thousand and you did not file, then it will it will definitely be a lot more than a uh, three hundred dollars. Right. So um, if it's that, yeah, the link went after uh, the 29th of uh, February. Yeah. And it, even do we have a leap year this year or no? Uh, we do. We do. Um, yeah, we do. Okay. There's, a, there's a February 29th. And even if there is no taxes due, you must file a renewal. So uh, you should have gotten your card in the mail um, so that you can um, go ahead and do what you got to do for the city of Los Angeles. And then some of the other city and municipalities also have their requirements. So these are the things that have to be done in the first month of 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 the new year and then uh as we go along there's some other each month up until april 9th 15th i don't know what the date i don't know how the 15th lands this year Mm -hmm. Uh, the last couple years we've gotten a reprieval where taxes were extended by the government (laughs) but um i don't know unless we have some major uh storm national disasters or uh, state disasters uh pretty much uh tax day will be april 15th uh, so um but unless you know who knows last year you got you got some you got some gifts from the state of california and you got some gifts from the federal government so i believe um it was extended to october 19th yeah. Uh, last year, and then yeah. there was another extension that came right behind that in November because I don't know what had happened, but yeah. I guess people weren't ready, so they were forgiving. But the notices I'm getting now from the te- from the IRS, they ain't quite so forgiving this year. They are <laughs> <laughs> they are intense right now from all the messaging I'm getting. <laughs> so see, a lot of people, you know, the ones who waited late and take the extension, now they only have six months to file. <laughs> so that's going to be a challenge right there. Right. So, um, yeah, so the IRS has been, uh, they're quite busy. Uh, I think they're stepping up their their audits this year. 
Although I did hear, I did read a couple of notifications that were pop that populated into my feed that um, uh, they they they've gotten quite a few. Let me see. The IRS. This came in today. The IRS has collected three hundred and sixty million dollars from the rich tax cheats as its funding is threatened once again. So they are at least going after the rich people and oh, uh, not as much after the poor people. <laughs> the question is though, you know, are they gonna collect? Because you know they talk they talk the talk, but you know, do they do the walk? You know? Well actually this report um said they collected three hundred and sixty million from overdue taxes from delinquent millionaires um and for this so far. So they already collected it yeah mm-hmm so um, and said along with uh, with along with 122 million collected from delinquent uh, millionaires last october that now nearly half a billion dollars in back taxes from the rich cheats have been recouped so that's good so you know the poor are not taking care of the rich at the present moment so that's a good thing they do that's what's supposed to happen right gotta balance this stuff out (laughs) yeah gotta balance it out man gotta balance it out so let's uh keep our fingers crossed and hope they don't come our way (laughs) right exactly so well there's a whole lot of probably uh, a whole lot more money to be collected from the rich than it is from us the poor people (laughs) i will say that So those just are some of the things. So we're going to get ready to kick it off um, to talk about what the checklist is so that you guys can um, um, can start pulling it together. Um, some of you may have to change over and change your tax person. A couple of tips for you when you go get your taxes done this year. If you have aspirations or goals where you need to increase your um you want to apply for capital, uh, a really good idea, um, especially because the last couple of years we're still adjusting from from the uh, pandemic. And so there's been some um, uh, some changes and some delays. Uh, so it's really, really important, guys, that when you go get your taxes done, if you do need to apply for um, um, uh, capital, uh, for your business in 2024. Well, you want to make sure you uh, have that conversation with your CPA or your tax preparer uh, that you do have those goals so that they can make sure that your taxes are done with that uh, goal in mind. Um, because if you go to your tax person and tell them, hey, um, I don't want to pay any taxes, they're going to do exactly that. They're going to make sure that you don't pay any taxes but when you go uh to that lender he's gonna say hey you didn't make enough money in order to qualify for this loan <laughs> so i'm not cash, telling you what you've done too, man. <laughs> i just know that those two things don't sync up <laughs> no they don't they don't <laughs> right so um very important conversation to have if that's the case i mean there are a lot of people who have been they don't even know why they've been denied uh because they just assume that they just did their taxes and they turned in their three-year 
the requirement of their three-year three tax returns. And um, so they're still just mesmerized why they got turned down. Yeah. And, and that could be one of the reasons why uh, you were turned down because you didn't, just didn't, it didn't appear. It truly didn't appear <laughs> <laughs> like you made any money. <laughs> I tell you, man, it's so crazy. So what can you say, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Neil, welcome to the business zone. She said, I was denied for a business loan for this exact reason. See? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> we know, folks, we don't want you to tell your tax preparer, hey, man, just file my report and say I don't make that much money. Because when they do, they're going to do exactly what you tell them. But that's not good for you because if you've been in business for more than three years, you should be showing some profit. You know, if you're still, if you're in year five, six, seven, and you're still showing a loss, that's the big red flag to the IRS to say, hey, come audit me. I'm doing some unscrupulous stuff over here. Yeah. Come on. Right. Because if you're taking a loss, obviously you're going to get more deduction. That's a deduction and that's a benefit for you. That's fine if it is the actuality. Yeah. Uh, but bottom line, and they, they could be true losses. Yeah. But bottom line, know that when a bank is um, or an investor is looking at providing you with a loan, um, they want to make their. Here's the thing. The banks are in business to this is their business model. Yeah. That's how they generate revenue, right? Through interest payments back from the print from the loans that they provide you. That is their source of revenue. Um, <laughs> I've got to get with Crystal. <laughs> That's their source of revenue, right? So yeah. when you, so now when um, they look at your financials, your bank statements, and your financial reports, uh, that lets them know that you can pay you can repay a loan and so if the bank statements and your financials indicate that uh after your expenses that you have don't have enough to to pay their loan then they're not going to give you a loan because that's true they already know that it's a setup for a uh, for failure and a default on the loan and that's not why they're in business so just yeah. that's just you know, basic mathematics, I guess. If the math not mathing, then it's a problem for the banks. <laughs> if, if the math if the math is not mathing. <laughs> oh Lord, that must be some bankers who come up with that term, man. Right, exactly. If the math is not mathing. If the math is not mathing, then they're not going to give you well the funding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is hilarious. Yeah. You know, we're laughing about the small businesses, but I want you to know and understand that, you know, we're here as an advocate for you. We're trying to get you guys on the right side of things. So you have less hurdles and less, less barriers to go over. But this is serious, man. You really got to listen to the things we're saying here because it will prevent you from doing unnecessary things. You know, these bankers, we talk to them all the time, you know, and they tell us what they see, what they're looking for, what they want, what they don't want. And that's why we're conveying it to you. So please, you know, take these tips that we're giving you. And, you know, one of these days uh, we're going to have to do a show on the business ratios so I can go in and show you guys 
what your ratios should look like. You know, there's at least seven different ratios that banks look at when they're trying to give you a loan or a line of credit. So, you know, I like to go over that with you guys so you get the inside scoop. Because when you first walk into that bank, they're sizing you up. They're sizing you up. They're going, okay, let's see what this person wants. No, you want a loan, huh? Okay, loan. So we're going to ask you the basic questions. You know, do you have your financials? Do you have your balance sheet, your profit and loss? Uh, once they hear that, oh, they know, uh, uh this business is not ready. <laughs> and the other thing, though, Gilbert, as well, you know, the bank may not be the only place uh, that you go to for for a um, a loan, uh, you you uh, pay the CDFIs, the community based uh, investment um, um, uh, entities. They have they're not as stringent as yeah. the bank, right. and so that may be of benefit to you as well. Yeah. You know, but but I will say this, and I tell this to my clients all the time. Uh, know the bank that you're you're working with. If you're depositing your money into their bank account, yeah. then you want to make sure that when that time comes, that you can uh, acquire a bank a, a loan or funding from them, capital from them. But that's a conversation you have to have with them before you go to them to apply for a yeah. loan. Yeah. You you have to let them know one what your goals are, and everyone should establish a relationship with the bank that they're doing business with and then once you establish that relationship is it come if it comes down to the fact that uh, that bank it is not going to put cannot provide you uh with what you need in order to grow your business or help yeah. you with your business then that may not be the bank in my opinion that you need to have your money in that's right. what i say a bank right is part of the team <laughs> exactly and the team should be on your side <laughs> yeah that's exactly so, what i say right and then there's some grants out there some new things that and i know i've already started getting notifications um being able to uh apply for a um apply for a uh um go uh crowdfunding as well as a pitch competition yeah. if you if you know your stuff you should be able to go and do a pitch competition i just sent over uh, to a number of my clients uh just this morning a um i sent over a competition uh, for a quarter of a million dollars pitch competition that's going to take place quarter of a million Quarter of a million, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I can apply for that. You want to apply for that? <laughs> yeah. how, how long you gotta be in business for it? And, and what it, it, what should your status be? <laughs> it doesn't well, I have to send over the I can send it up, I can provide it for you. You can go in. It just says uh looking for back, let me pull it up real quick. Um I'm just sending it over. If if uh, I can apply for that and win that, then maybe I can help to to prepare some of these small businesses and get them ready the right way, man. <laughs> that would be a good injection of yeah, funds. Yeah, that would be a good investment. Okay, let me let me get to let me get the details because I just did yeah. a number of my clients. Because um, then I can prepare some of these businesses the way I want to prepare them, not like 
some of these organizations who tell you, yeah, I want you to get these businesses ready, but they then give you restrictions, you know. Well, don't don't force them to do certain things. Well, how are you going to get them ready if you can't force them to do the right thing? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, so it is a visionary pitch competition open to diverse founders and entrepreneurs nationwide. Uh, the competition is going to take place May 2nd. Uh, grand prize is $250,000. Uh, taking applications now and the deadline is January 31st. Uh, the participants will be um, minority owned, 51%, for-profit businesses, at least one year in operation. So I think you qualify, Gilbert. Well, I'm going to have to jump out there, man. I've been <laughs> teaching these guys how to do their elevator pitch for the longest time and uh, they haven't been paying attention. So I'm going to have to go in there with some technique and style and show them how to do this thing. Okay, so I'm, I will send you over the link and you, you too can apply yeah. um, for, because that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. So been in business for at least one year. And uh, so some of my clients already, majority of my clients that I've been coaching last year um, that were in, that met that status. Um, so this um, will be a win-win situation for those small businesses. Because if I win, and they're going to benefit because you know I'll be able to to help them to really get ready. So they're going to they're gonna be competing with their coach, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be competing with them, their coach with themselves. <laughs> That's what's going to be happening. No, no I, I will send it over to you. And I, I may have sent it to you. But well, maybe not. But uh, I'll, Neil, I'll look. Neil said to send her Neil. the link too. Yeah, I, I thought I sent it to her this morning. But if you haven't gotten it, it may be in your um, um, it may be in your uh, what's the name um, your uh, what's it a spam file. But if not, then I will send it over to you later on today. I, I can't see I, the chat. Is Fernando in here? Uh, Fernando's not here yet. Is uh, uh our our. Uh, uh, street consultant. Niall is here. And Niall is going to be our guest next week. So I'm yeah. excited. But she's, um, she's checking out the landscape to make sure she got it right. I'm right. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So exciting. All right. So let's get down to um, uh, the financial year. Well, let, let's talk about um, to our audience first about how to subscribe and how to log into. Oh, uh, okay, we can do that. Yeah, how to connect and because we want them not to miss any opportunities, any upcoming opportunities. So we need to get their subscription in here, free subscription, not just mm. a subscription, free <laughs> subscription. All righty, guys. So what we would, what we're asking you to do to go over to our YouTube channel, the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, and we're asking you to hit that subscribe button. And if you in, and take a look at some of the um, uh, the shows, previous shows we've had, we have probably an archive over seven hundred and something shows. Um, everything from every aspect of doing business, how you should be doing business. There's a number of class and sessions, as well as we in, um, interviewed some amazing uh, small business owners and um, other entities that have brought some very valuable information 
to the small business community. So we ask you to hit that subscribe button. You also can uh, take a picture of the QR code right here and uh, it will do the same thing for you. So we're wanting to grow our numbers. Uh, this year is the year we're going to uh, monetize uh, the business zone. And so we need your help uh, to do so. So please, uh, make that effort to go over there. If you enjoy what we're what we're talking about, if we're clients of ours, we definitely know that you've benefited from us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so and uh, we, going over there to support us. We can also be found, guys, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and the YouTube Live. So Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live. I mean, uh, yeah, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube Live, guys. So uh, some of you, I see you're logging in today from uh, YouTube, and uh, there are a few uh, ninja watchers on Facebook right now. They don't want to show their names or <laughs> show themselves, but we know they're watching secretly. But uh, <laughs> make sure if you have questions, guys, you put it in the chat so that we can address those questions for you and help you with some solutions to your business. Sounds fantastic. All righty, guys. So let's go over uh, the checklist. Um, so the first thing um, we want to do, and I'm going to actually put the checklist. I'm going to create a, uh, save it and create a, um, a link so I can put it in the chat so you too uh, can follow us with it. Uh, but it's very, very important that we... Um, Okay, let me see if it can get me a link. Uh, I'll get it before we leave. Do you um, want? Do you want to go over the 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 list of items first that we're going to cover today? So yeah. mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. have an idea, and those who are listening or watching could say, "Oh, yeah, that one that one uh, entices me." Reconciling my accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, first thing first, we the checklist. Uh, should comprise of you um, running your financial reports um, for 2023 and um, making sure that you've completed your year in or your bookkeeper or your CPA has completed your year in uh, work. So some of that's going to start taking place as of uh, January um, in the next couple weeks, the next 10 days or so before the end of the month. Uh, as I said, because there are certain uh, um, um, uh, there are certain documents that are due, uh, but once all that is done, uh, is at the end of the year is really a great time to access where your business stands financially, and how it what's your current financial situation compared to your previous years. So if you have if you have an accounting system uh, that's pretty easy to do you can run a report um if you're using quickbooks or wave or any other software you just run a comparative comparison report and see if you um uh, increased your revenue and possibly decreased your expenses or it could be the other it could be the other way around your expenses increased and therefore uh your revenue decreased um, but you need to know that. So you want to run a report, your uh, profit and loss statement. Um, that's pretty critical to and uh, crucial to understanding uh, your profits, your how your money came in, <laughs> and the sources and the and the, the 
um, the number of products and services and uh, that you sold, and then the expenses, the cost of goods of doing the cost of doing business, and then at the at the end of the report, you'll get your net profit, uh, which is um, let you know what the financial how what's your financial situation. So hopefully you have enough money at the end of the, the year that uh, can um, take you through the first two months. Because for me, my my I have to always make sure that there's enough money um, to cover all of my expenses because your 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 December invoices or accounts receivables usually are not received until the end of the month in, in January. So that's usually my situation. I don't know about everybody else's, but <laughs> January and February are usually pretty tight for me. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, let's just run down these real quickly. Just, you know, just read the title so folks know what's here. So that was number one. Number one was run standard financial reports. Number two is analyze cash flow statements, guys. And the third one, co-host, what's the third one? Uh, the third one is verify your vendor information because you're going to be sending out your uh, 1099. So you want to make sure, one, you have the W, you actually received the W-9 uh, for them with their correct address and email and um, uh, so that you can mail out that report to them. Okay. And then number four will be reconcile your accounts receivable. So that's number four. <laughs> Number five, co-host. Uh, number five is double check payroll mm -hmm. and uh, and your payroll benefits. and the benefits and the sick time and all of those things so that they are reconciled. Mm -hmm. Number six is know what forms to file. If you don't know what forms to file, Crystal will tell you a little later. Number seven. Number seven is to gather your tax documents. And number eight. Mm -hmm. Number eight is implement your tax saving strategies. And again, Crystal will go over that later for you. Number nine. Um, number number nine is request uh, filing extensions if you know you're going to need that. You know, it's amazing how many of my clients file extension every year. <laughs> uh, number 10, think about year end incentives. Right, exactly. What's number, number 11, 11, examine your staffing needs. And number 12, celebrate business accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Very important. Number 13, update your goal, business goals. Yep. And number 14, audit your website. Right. Um, and I do, I do believe there's some, and we'll talk about that in a minute, there's some new requirements that is necessary to make sure your websites are ADA require uh, compliant now. Yeah. Uh, 15, count and value um, your inventory yeah. system. Yep. Yeah. And number 16, review marketing efforts. Right. Number 17, back up your computers. Mm -hmm. Number 18, back up your contacts. <laughs> number 19, <laughs> download important reports files and reports and number 20 evaluate file naming convention so we'll go over all 20 of these today just so you guys understand this is a checklist right here guys checklist of items that you need to be checking out right now so which one do you want to start off with calls number one 
Uh, well, I kind of did number one on the standard report. So that's oh, your okay. profit and loss statements, your balance sheets, uh-huh. and um, and it's a good it's a good idea at this point in time um, before you start to file your taxes. Once you've done that, to have a conversation with either the bookkeeper to under better understand those reports or your CPA um as well so that you guys can have a strategy for the upcoming year yes definitely definitely so with the second item would be uh to analyze your cash flow statements now um for those of you who've been in business for one year or more you should be familiar with what a statement of cash flow is it said cash flow statement but that's the same as a statement of cash flow so a statement of cash flow is like a combination of your balance sheet and your PL. Combination of your balance sheet and your PL, your profit and loss statement. So that will tell you who you owe, who owes you, what money is coming into the business, what money is going out, and what's your obligations. So, and it will let you know where you have money and if you don't have money. So exactly so this is an amazing statement that uh if you don't know how to do one just reach out to my co-host crystal she will definitely show you how to do that that's her specialty that's the type of thing she does so i just want to go over this right here it says a cash flow statement records how your business spent money throughout the year cash inflows equate to income and cash outflows are business expenses. I'm going to repeat that. Cash inflows, that means money coming into the business. Anything coming into the business in terms of revenue or sources of funds, that's called income or inflows. And if the money is going out, it's called outflows or it's an expense. So keep that in mind, guys. If you don't remember anything else today, remember that. Income, inflow. Outcome, <laughs> outflow. <laughs> right. And there, and there are three uh, cash flow um, flows, and that's your operating expenses. So this mm -hmm. is basically your revenues and your expenses. Mm -hmm. uh, investing um, activities, and this is your assets purchased and assets sold. If that's the way you need funds, and sometimes that's just the way it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and as well as financial activities, which will be loans and loan repayments and lines of credit and things like that. So those yes. are the three ways cash flows. So if you really want to learn how, hey, um, Fernando, you really want to know how to really operate and to understand your cash flow on January 31st in the six o'clock in the evening, I will be doing a workshop with Vermont Slauson. So you can check their calendar of events mm. and you That's should be signing good. up for that class because I'm going to give you some real details on how to manage uh, your cash flow, what happens when cash flow gets out of line and why it gets out of line. So, and there are various reasons for that. Uh, so, put that on your calendar january 31st from 6 uh, to 8 p.m um it's a free class uh, with vermont slauson economic development group so you can go to their website which is ws what is w v s c d c dot org 
and sign up for that free class uh, that will give you that valuable information. Yes, yes, yes. All righty. Definitely. So number three on the list, co-hosts, that's verifying vendor information. Exactly. This is also a time, um, and this, if you if you work in a corporate environment, <laughs> their accounting departments are quite busy at this time because that's what they're doing. They're verifying vendors. A lot of times we do business, especially as small business owners, we might uh, contract out some uh, work um, anytime we're paying anyone over the amount of $600. So that would be $601. We then have to uh, uh, um, send a 1099 to our, w9, w9. A, w, a W9 to them for them to fill out. But then at the end of that time frame, you're going to be sending out. At, you're going to be providing them with a 1099. Yeah. That's their obligation to submit for the, do their tax, your in taxes. Um, and report their revenue. Uh, that's your responsibility. Make sure that you're reporting that, and it's a deduction for you. It's a it's an actual deductible item. But you want to make sure that you purge um, um, uh, inactive uh, vendors and inaccurate information and things like that. So good time to do it at the year end. And I just want to add this, folks. Um, Co-hosts just mentioned that. In order to verify vendor information, part of what you want to do is to complete and upload or store a form W-9. So you're going to complete it, you're going to sign it, and you're going to upload it uh, into your storage system, whether you use SmallBiz Pro or you use another system. You know, one of the things I recommend is that the first thing you do the beginning of the year is to go to the site and uh, download a brand new form w9 it's a one page document it will come up six pages but all you need is a first page so you you fill that out you sign it put your signature on it and you put the date put this year's date on it so if somebody's considering doing business with you they're definitely going to ask you to submit that form so instead of you waiting to submit it when they request it just have it in the ready position and when they call on you, you know, if you're using Small Biz Pro and you're out there in the field doing some work or you're at a doctor's appointment or you're somewhere else and they ask you for it, all you got to do is just log into our app, you know, and just access the form. And in six seconds or less, you can send that form, that form W9 to your vendor and uh, I mean to your contract provider. And they will just process, you know, your, your transaction so you can get paid quickly. So that's something I want all of you guys to think about. You know, on your checklist, you should have Form W-9 should be completed, signed, and uploaded and stored in my system, in my record-keeping system. All righty. And for those of you that are interested in navigating um, finances for small business owners or small business owners, that's the link right there uh, to go over to Vermont Slauson. Um, um, it's take you to their website and you can sign up for the class. Free what, date, class. what date is our class the again? The date is January, 30, uh, January 31st. Okay. January 31st, the last day of the month, guys. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you um, get in there and get into that class. You'll be dealing with my co-host. She, she'll be very nice to you. 
<laughs> so just get in there and do your thing. In fact, there's a whole lot of classes I'm teaching for them next year. So I mean this year. So right behind that on July 7th, I'm going to be talking about business credit. But the first one is to understand uh, navigating through your finances. So I'm going to cover um, quite a bit of stuff there, getting you ready for tax season. Uh, next one is um, accounts receivable. So this is really important, guys. Um, being able to manage the the invoices, your unpaid invoices, because your unpaid invoices are actually, um, uh, that's part of your cash flow. So if you're not getting, if you're not staying on top of your, uh, your unpaid invoices, making sure uh, that you have a system that um, like QuickBooks that will automatically on, uh, if your nets are 31, 30 days, then on day 31, uh, it's going to send a notification uh, to the, your customer to let them know uh, that um, that pay, their payment is now over uh, overdue. <laughs> so you want to make sure of that. So uh, there's some insights that are done by QuickBooks uh, Small Business uh, um, uh, Small Business Insights, and they say on an average thirty-two thousand dollars in unpaid invoices. It's the standard for most businesses. Well, $32,000 is a lot of money um, in, in running your business. So you want to make sure you calculate and understand your accounts receivable turnover ratio so you know exactly uh, how long it takes to get your money and make sure you stay on top of collecting your, um, your, your uh, accounts receivable. So that's how your cash comes in. So, folks, accounts receivable is the, the money that your customers owe you, all right? You, you did a transaction. You didn't get paid on the spot. They decide to pay you over a period of time. So everything that they have not paid you, that's accounts receivable. That's money coming in, money that you're supposed to receive. That's why it's called receivable. So mm -hmm. th that's how I want you to look at it. You know, don't get confused because you look at a financial statement, you're seeing assets, liability, you see receivables and payables. You know, all you got to do is just un understand it, you know. You know, like if you stick both your 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 arms out like a plane or like a bird, the left side, you know that's going to be your your assets and the right side is going to be your liabilities, okay? So keep that in mind. Now, you cannot afford, as a small business owner, you cannot afford to have customers owing you money for too long. So 30 days is a maximum you should go without being paid that money that's outstanding to you. So once you get to that 30-day marker, you invoice, them, you invoice them, they have not paid you, then you need to put a system. And in my company, I write a policy. I write a, a policy on uh, accounts payable, accounts receivable, and all of those things, right? And that policy is, if a customer has not paid me within the time frame, when I invoice them, I invoice them payment to be made within 10 days. That's what I do because I'm professional services. If you provide products or other services, maybe you go 30 days. Or if you're dealing with a government entity, 30 days. But when you send your invoice, you want to state specifically by the deadline of your payment. So if it's in five days, 10 days, 30 days, you do that. So anything beyond the deadline, 
you should you should add penalties on that. You should add penalties because penalties are designed to discourage late payers. So you put penalties on that. Let them know there is a fee for you not paying on time. Just like the city of of, of Los Angeles is going to charge you at least three hundred dollars for you to renew your business license this year. If you do not pay, if you do not renew it on time then that's what they're, they're going to charge. They're going to charge you $300 for being late. Same thing here with your receivable. You got to put some rules in place to your customers so you don't start uh, accumulating bad customers or late pay or slow pay. That's going to mess up your money. Just so you know, the average small business, the average small business owner who's been in business for, say, one to five years, they make about six to nine grand a year. And I, if I want to give you a range, it would be between six to nine to 74,000 a year. That's what the salary is of a business owner. So that 32,000 that my co-host just said, according to QuickBooks, is being um, uh, delayed or not paid to small businesses. That 32 grand can mess you up because if you have employees, you got to pay those employees. If you don't have employees, now you got to make your 69 grand a year or your 74 grand a year. That's 32 grand coming out of that 69. How are you going to take care of your family? So keep that in mind, guys. I just wanted to go on an extra limb to say that to you. <laughs> an extra limb. <laughs> extra limb. <laughs> True that. And that's part of that cash flow. So again, I'll be talking about that in detail on January 31st on how to manage that. But one of the biggest pieces of that is um, managing and having a, a good control of your account um, receivables. I actually take it as a personal insult, man. Oh, uh, me too. <laughs> me man, too. It, 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 that tells me either you didn't like my services, you're not satisfied with my services. Or they don't respect I, you enough. And you don't respect <laughs> my services. So that's what that tells me when I don't get paid on time. <laughs> But you don't take me, uh, you don't pay me on time. I take it as a personal insult and I'm coming <laughs> after you. I'm doing my late fees. I'm doing my penalty. And, and, and another, another thing I want to throw out there, guys, another thing, just so you know how important this is when you don't collect your money from, from customers, it goes on your, your financial statements as what they call, um, uh, age, age accounts. Okay. Uh, accounts, accounts payable aging or accounts receivable aging. When anything over 30 days, anything that's not paid over 30 days called an aging account. So most of the time you go to a bank looking for a loan or a line of credit, they say, give me your financial statements. I want to see your balance sheet, your profit and loss. They want to see if you have aging account. That means that you have accounts that you're not collecting your money on. You have receivables out there that people owe you for over six months or more than that. You know, anything over 30 days, it's, it's a 30 day aging. Anything over 60 days, 60 day aging, 90 days, 90 day aging. And the higher the number, is the more they look at you as a loser. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> if if you if somebody owes you for four months, 120 days, and you haven't collected, they're going, this person, man, this person is a loser, not giving you a loan or a line of credit, because that means you're not going to collect your money and pay us back. Exactly. So yeah, we take it, you know, most most consultants 
uh, most in business owners that are 1090, I mean, are, are um, invoicing, yeah, it's, it's an affront, man. So just know that's how we feel about it. Yeah. Number five is double checking your payroll and benefits. So those of you that have employees, uh, generally, um, I don't recommend anyone doing, if, especially if you have uh, employees that that are being paid on a weekly, biweekly, um, every other uh, biweekly or monthly um, uh, a pay pay structure. You have an account. You have a payroll company do that because the state of California uh, is is pro employee, and so you want to make sure that you never get um, behind on paying your payroll taxes. And so the best way to do that is to have a payroll company. Uh, the three most um, uh, reputable payroll companies is everyone knows about ADP. Um, QuickBooks has a payroll, a payroll uh, system. And if you're using QuickBooks accounting system, it really uh, works seamlessly uh, well with that software, with that with the accounting software. So you have to, it's a separate um, setup fee and a separate, I mean, a separate setup. Um, and you do that with the representatives from QuickBooks. I think right now they even give you a bundle deal if you have the QuickBooks software and you're running payroll, um, so there's um, uh, so it's best to have them do that because they will maintain and make sure that your taxable fringe benefits are taken care of appropriately, and they will send you reports as to how uh, those deductions were taking place. Uh, if there's any any um, subsidies or reimbursements or health insurance or life insurance, they will make sure that you stay on top of things. The one entity you do not want to uh, bring attention to you is the EDD. They're, they're just <laughs> like brutal, man. <laughs> you, you don't even want them to know, other than the fact that you have a number with them and you pay in payroll. That's all you want them to know about you. You don't want them to come after you because you have You don't want them to know you intimately. <laughs> no, you do not want to be intimately known by EDD. So... Trust me, they're worse than the IRS. Once um, they know your first name, woo wee. <laughs> they don't play when it comes to that. So, um, but but so generally, you have a third party company that is taking care of that for you. But you do want to review the reports um, uh, so that you totally understand uh, what the deductions were. You do want to make sure that you reconcile the amount that. Um, in a, on your financial reports is the exact same amount of payroll uh, that you pay to your employees. So that is uh, number five. And I, I, I also, folks, I just want to add this to what my calls just said. So for double checking your payroll and your benefits, if you don't know if certain things uh, can be put on your tax return and give you a benefit and advantage, just, you know, I want you to make a note of these these things that we're saying right here. So, for example, the taxable fringe benefits, you may not know what that is. You may not know what's taxable. So make a note. Ask your tax preparer about, hey, what about taxable fringe benefits? What are those? Tell me about those. You know, I qualify. You know, you want to ask those questions. Third party sick, uh, sick pay. 
you want to know about that too. If there's sick pay that is supposed to be documented or, or, or allocated to you or, or any of your employees, ask the, the tax preparer about that. Company car, if you got one, you know. I got my company car and I haven't been taking all the, the, the tax benefits I should be taking on it. You know, until recently, I'm going, dang, I missed like six years of not getting my real money, you know? So keep those things in mind, guys. Anything, educational reimbursement, health, life insurance, transportation subsidies, ask them all of that. If your company has a mortgage on a building or anything like that, you want to ask them too, ask the tax preparer, you know, how do I account for this mortgage right here? Because usually a mortgage company will give you a form, I think it's called 1098. You know, you use that form, you submit it to your tax preparer. You know what I do, co-host? Every mm -hmm. time, but just before I go to my tax preparer, I make a list of all the documents. So not only do I have my 1099s that I get from my contract providers, right? Mm -hmm. But I also have a list of documents like mortgage, the mortgage document, the 1098 for mortgages, anything mm -hmm. from the health, uh, from Cover California, you know, they send you a 10, I think it's a 1098 or 1095 they send you, you know. So those are documents you put, make a list of that, and you take that to your tax preparer. Uh, mortgage interest. If there's mortgage interest, you you get certain um, um, a report on that. And you, you if you have a student loan, if you have student loans, you also want to take the, the end of year statement on that. Take it to your tax preparer. I usually have a list of about 12 or 15 documents that I take into my tax preparer. I also, you know, I'm a little bit more advanced than many other small businesses. So I also do uh, um, my PL and my balance sheet, and I take it into to my tax preparer too. So it makes it so much easier for him to go in and just look at stuff and just do the numbers. When I sit there with my tax preparer, he can do my tax. He can complete my taxes in like 30 to 40 minutes, man. Yeah. If you have a PN, if you, if you provide them with a PNL, uh, your balance sheet and your general ledger, that's all they require. And yeah. they don't need to have any boxes or anything. Yeah. Unless, like you said, yeah. your, <laughs> your 1099 box, report. You don't need to, yeah. You don't need to have any of that. You can actually even, uh, yeah, your 1099 report. So all of those reports, just give them four documents and that's it. They're yeah. done. I have a client that uh, generally she went to her client, her, her, her tax person, her CPA with this whole box of stuff. And every, every year he just, he, first of all, he filed an extension like immediately. Yeah. And then the second thing was he, um, he, he just would have this grimace on his face. So this year she went to him because I helped her set up her account um, in an accounting system. And she emailed him over her financial reports. And he went, what What happened? What happened? <laughs> so again, he produced, he was able, of course, his, his fee went dropped down drastically. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and he had it finished in a very timely manner. And mm -hmm. so uh, he was just shocked. So, yeah. uh, so she's ready. She'll be ready again. Uh, before February, before April. Yeah. That she was ready last year before um before all the extensions. So, so that's yeah. what you need to know. Yeah, man. So number, the, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. So number six is the forms, and we kind of were talking about this, the forms that you'll need to file. And again, I will go into extensive uh conversation on January thirty first 
about all the filings and the time frames and things like that. So what forms do you need uh, uh, to take with you? You have your Schedule C if you're sole proprietor and you're going to file that together with your 1040. If you are an S Corp, uh, you're going to have your Schedule K-1 um, and this is if you're an S Corp or you are a partnership owner. You'll have your 1099 NECs. This is the new, old new uh, form that is required to report your non-employee compensation. If you're receiving rental income or gross proceeds, proceeds it's going to be um, uh, your 1099 miscellaneous MISC. And if you're reporting income, if you're a C-Corp, you're going to be filing your 1120. And then if you are receiving card payments and third-party uh, network trans transactions is your 1099-K. So let me tell you about that 1099-K and what they mean. So those of you that have been insisting on using transactions for business, such as Cash App, Venmo. Yeah, they hit um, me with those, that all the time. <laughs> those entities. Uh, the IRS feels that they're not getting they're uh, they're, they're not getting all of the uh, 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 reporting of income. Um, that's why I always say use professional um, um, PayPal. Uh, uh, you know, you're using a merchant system uh, through either your accounting system or you actually set up with a with a merchant and keep your your those cash payment apps under $600, which is usually what happens when you're sending money back and forth to friends, right? Yeah. When you start sending money to people uh, over the abundance, like yeah. your things like that, yeah. then it starts to, so the IRS feels that they're not collecting all of their, their, their money. So be real careful. You're a business owner. You should have professional um, systems, Stripe. These are all business tools that is usually associated with collecting, making it accessibly easy uh, for your clients. I use QuickBooks for my payments, and yeah, I have to pay a fee, but that's a tax-deductible item. So, that no, host, is I, I think you've been too nice to, to the audience, man. Tell them, no Zelle. We're not using no damn Zelle. <laughs> <laughs> Zelle and the other one. What's the other one? <laughs> Sell Vimo and cash yeah, out. Yeah, none of those guys. Come on. You're a business owner. That's not a professional platform to use. You know, let other people use it who are not business owners. If you're an entrepreneur, you know, just remember, you know, and another thing that I've learned about those those platforms, those cash app and pay app or whatever, they're easy to breach easy so people breach them and go into your bank account they get information out of it they take money you know it, you know i'm not trying to promote paypal or anything like that you know but i noticed paypal has been very secure for me anything that goes down i'm protected because if somebody taps into my account they take money out of it then paypal will give me back my money and i like that but the That's other ones they're not doing right. that they have high encryption. Yes. Um, they, again, if somebody does breach your account, yeah. they will send the money back to you and, and investigate later. Yeah. Whereas those others, you can accidentally, um, you can accidentally transpose a name or an email 
or find you have a duplicate email and you'll send money to some complete stranger because they yeah. have the same name name yeah. it's just not it's not a safe way to send money as a business owner nope. and um and they've they've been breached so venmo was breached during the november December time frame. Yeah. I think uh, Zelle actually. Zelle has uh, been breached before too. They've been breached and they didn't get money. People right. didn't get their money. The deposits wasn't recorded. And right. So no, PayPal or use your accounting system and use the pay the merchant system that's attached to that. If you're using QuickBooks, they actually have a payment um, merchant um account that you can set up and your money comes through you you don't even have if you if you do the three-day ach you don't even have to pay a fee so right. um if you don't need your money you know like instantaneously yeah. then do the ach but you know that there is a system that's backed up and um there's encryption and security whereas the others uh there is not so and one of them Venmo or one of them i just hate the fact that you uh, I, I don't know who that is because I don't really use those systems, but they, um, you can see who sent money to who. And nobody's business. So who I'm anybody can to. see that in the public, huh? <laughs> right, exactly. See, I don't so, like that, man. I like my right. privacy. That's your privacy. So yeah. anyway, but as business owners, that's who you want to make sure you have uh, the appropriate. And and if you're paying a merchant fee, that's okay because that's a tax. That's the price of doing business. Yeah. Now, unless they're going to give you checks and you're going to, you know, mail your checks, which again, slows up your payment process. Yeah. Um, you can still do that. Require, uh, uh, um, accepting checks is fine. Um, but if you're going to have them send it to you online, wiring, but there's a fee for wiring. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, if you have a merchant system set up, so again, uh, QuickBooks, uh, pay uh, any of those systems. I think Wave has a payment system, and they use something like a version of a Stripe. But a Stripe, when you set those things up in PayPal, there's a lot of security behind those. So yeah. just letting you know uh, yeah. that I love out. I love my money too much, man, to see it leave my bank account, and I don't know who's taking it out of there. <laughs> right, or that somebody sends you money through somebody else, and you don't get it. Right. Um, because it went to somebody else. So the next one is gather your tax your tax document. So that's so number seven. That's number seven. So okay. um, make sure you gather your your all your information, um, your tax ID number. And really, if you're doing business, you shouldn't be doing you should not be doing business under your social security number. Nope. So January first, New Year, uh, apply for an EIN number and separate yourself from your personal have separate bank accounts um personal bank accounts from your business thing just let's start the new year off right no co-minga link <laughs> <laughs> that's what um, i'm talking about right you're gonna need your social security number you're gonna need previous tax returns uh you need account bank account and credit card statements uh your accounting journals and ledgers financial statement um invoices in some cases receipts for business expenses but generally if you have an accounting system you can just return do a report and that should be enough for them unless there's some questions and then your employee and non-employee tax forms which we've already spoken about 
Okay. There is a statement, all right, on the on the neat this co-host that I think the the listeners and viewers should really pay attention to, and it says, "Plan ahead of time to find these documents, gather employee tax forms, and keep all documentation stored." in one place stored in your small biz pro account guys ah. platform okay <laughs> keep it stored in one place to make it easier to file your taxes you know my my tax preparer he has access to my small biz pro account because i gave him an i gave him a, a user access to uh those key documents and mm -hmm. just remember this guys that when you give someone else access to these to documents you select what documents they can look at they can't see everything in there only what you want them to see so that's what i do with my tax preparer i said okay i'll give you an account username and password here are the documents i want you to look at so my 1098 my 1099 you know any any type of income that i i generate you know you'll have access to that expenses you know, travel, mileage, all of that. He has access to that. So you guys should be doing that too. And before you go to your tax preparer, don't just show up and say, oh man, I forgot these receipts or I forgot um, uh, my registration for my vehicle, you know, because you got to bring that in too. Because, you know, your tax preparer want to see the mileage, you know, how you're doing the, the mileage that you're using. They also want to see um, how much you paid last year for your registration because it's supposed to go down every year so that's another thing you, you put on your taxes you know i put that on my well my tax preparer asked me for that i give it to them right so keep that in mind and generally for my clients i send them i do a, a p l for the current year for the current year and then i do a a, a, a comparison um a report as well then they can yeah. take that to their tax person and it'll show um, how, what, what, if there's been any reductions in the tax, um, uh, in, or any reduction in the tax de uh, deductions. Uh, so here's the thing, this, I guess from eight on, this is stuff that you really should have did the year before and getting, and then for this year or for the end of last year, really looking at strategies, uh, for the current year. So, um, but if you want to reduce your your tax bill you want to make sure you're doing your tax deductions and making sure uh, you understand what is a deductible item and what credits you're eligible uh you are eligible for before the tax season uh so that they can lower your tax bill uh hopefully those of you that are making over a thousand dollars um uh or if you're paid if you've had to pay more than a thousand dollars at the end of this in the when you for your tax payment then you actually are doing set up you have set up your quarterly tax uh the de, um deposit so that way that will uh reduce uh your tax liability at the end of the year for how much you have to pay. oh um it's by law that if you're making if you had to pay more than a thousand dollars even with all of your deductions then you really your tax person should be have highly recommended that you do a quarter tax um, deposits, but generally some of your your general uh, deductions for business expenses um, it's just you know your general stuff your legal services advertising rent and insurance salaries and benefits um, if you're just starting up your business startup expenses are um, tax deductible 
uh, if you're doing some um, uh, improvements to the physical building, uh, those are deductible. Uh, since the remote work, um, since we've been working remote, there's some tax benefits there. So you really should speak with your tax person to find out what other deductions you would be eligible for, because there has been some updates and changes uh, far in regards to tax deductions for those that are working remotely, where their home has also a certain position, a place in their home has become the office. Um, so you do want to talk to your tax person um, about that. Okay. So number nine is a request filing extensions right mm -hmm. so you're requesting a filing a tax filing extension but you, you know it'd be good for you to go through your tax preparer so they can do it for you as a business owner they're gonna file they're gonna fill out the form 7004 it's called form 7004 which will give you a six-month extension now you don't want to just willy-nilly decide to do extensions like that you want to think about the extension first, right? If I file this extension, that means I'm not going to file my taxes now. That means I'm going to be late. So I'm going to be charged a late fee. And uh, there's another fee they charge, a penalty. They charge you a penalty fee and a late fee when you file that extension. So please don't believe that because you file the extension, the IRS is not going to charge you extra money. Yeah, they're charging. They want their money. They're loan sharks. So they're going to make sure they charge you for you being late. Yeah, you should have been on time. Oh, I'm going to charge you for this. And there'll be a penalty too. So they charge you for that. If you got to make payment arrangements, the same thing. You got to call the IRS, talk to them, set up an account. And then let's say you owe 10000 and you want to split that up over two years. Then they'll set it up for you. But you cannot miss any payments because you miss any payments, then it take you back to, to zero where you belong, where you started. And on, on the pay, even though you have a payment plan, they're still going to charge you late fees and penalties to that. So you guys need to know those things. You know, don't just jump and do something. You got to plan. When you're talking about money in your business, you got to manage that business, that money wisely. Here's another thing that you want to think about when you're doing, a, you're filing an extension. If you are a minority-owned business, a disadvantaged-owned business, a veteran-owned business, a woman-owned business, and you need to certify your business, if you're going to apply for certification during the year that you should be filing your taxes, they are going and, and let's say you did an extension, they're going to ask you for a copy of this Form 7004. They want to see a copy of that. They want to see that it was filed and it was signed by your tax preparer. Now, your tax preparer is going to file this digitally, so there'll be a digital footprint of this on the system to show that you can include in your, your certification application to Metro, the city, the county, or the state of California, whichever agency you're sending your, your, your certification to. But, because the, they're going to ask you to show them... Um, two or three year tax tax returns, right? So you may show them the year before last, you may show them the year before that, but then last year you, you have an extension. So you gotta show them proof that you did file the extension. They're not gonna take your, your word of mouth that, hey, I did an extension. No, 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 they're gonna say, show me proof you did. So 
this is just to help you guys so you don't have to hit those unnecessary hurdles all right exactly and so some of the other um um the so the extension is really important but then check again uh check with your tax preparer or professional whoever is doing that for you um and 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 do that with them and they can better instruct you as to um how you make sure that uh, you're in compliance when you do file that extension so so very important also review whether or not um, and this probably should take place for the next year but um, i've had a lot of clients that were not happy with their tax person and so um, i usually record when someone asks me for a recommendation and this is a this is a suggestion that i make to all bodies uh that that again, your tax person, your CPA, they're all part of your team. And so you wanna make sure that they understand your business, your goals, what you need, your potential staffing needs for the future, and they're on the same page as you. So you really should um, do a, um, get, I usually do three referrals. And then I suggest that you before tax season, because they this first quarter they ain't having no conversation with you. This usually has to take place from June until um, December, and then you make sure that you all are in line, and then you choose after you've interviewed them to make sure you guys understand what your needs are, and then you make a choice for that. But don't try to do that in the first quarter uh, while they're working up to tax season, they will have no time. Also, another thing to remember that if you're changing over your tax person and you decide to do this in the first half of the year, understand that they have an established client list and that established client list is probably gonna get first come first serve, whoever's making the appointment. So don't go in with the anticipation that, you know, my coach referred you and so therefore you need to drop everything and take care of me. That is not how that works. So be respectful of and understand the time frame that you're dealing with. Tax professionals are overwhelmed uh, from January uh, to April 29th, yeah, that's true. <laughs> April 30th. They are overwhelmed. They usually take a break in May. Some of them they, even go beyond that. Some of them go all the way to June. Yeah, and I have I have some uh, some referrals that are year round, but these are the time frames when they're filing, and but you know they're filing going on all year round. But the most the intensified uh, part of their their business is in the first uh, four months of the year. So. Yeah. Um, I've, I've referred some people and then they got upset that this person didn't respond to me immediately. So now I've had to add that disclaimer. Well, understand it's tax season. So yeah. that's why I don't do taxes because folks get really crazy. <laughs> I, and I, and I do, I am done by March 31st. So if you looking for me to help you better make sure it's done by March 31st. Cause I'm not doing the crazy stuff in April. That's <laughs> when a lot of people get cranky, man. <laughs> yeah, right, because the deadline is soon. So, so, so which one are you on? Which one are you on? Are you on we're nine? On, uh, we're probably not going to be able to cover all of them because we're just going to go to 430 today. Um, okay. But we, um, you're in incentives. And again, I think go, everything- go ahead, from, go ahead and cover those HR resources 
too. Because right. if they have employees, they want to cover that. Yeah, the HR piece. But the staffing piece is um, these incentives really should be have been recognized and you should have already addressed it by the end of the previous year. Yeah. The reason why is because the December 31st is the deadline and the cutoff for any uh, uh, deductions from these incentives. So if you're doing a year-end incentive, um, you, you're looking at, you can't really look at your staffing needs until you've completed um, your year-end work, um, but you can if you're gonna recognize any outstanding performers or um, anything of that nature, share-in, profit sharing of your business accomplishment. You wanna do that by the 31st especially if it's monetary, because that's yeah. when you get the benefit, right? So um, if they're not going to get paid to January, if you're going to do that, then that's going to be applied to the 2024. It's kind of like a, doing your uh, I, a Roth IRA and your IRA uh, uh, contributions. You have to do that by the end of the year uh, for the, for the of that tax season. So and, that's and, what these HR. And if they're going to give money to their their workers, their employees, as incentives at the end of the year, or if they've already done so, they should have spoken to their tax preparer first before they do that, because you want to know how it's going to be classified on the tax form. You know, you know where it's going to go and how it's going to be classified. So you don't want to, you don't want to spring it on it. Oh yeah, by the way, I gave my uh, workers some Christmas bonuses in cash. And uh, I just want to claim that now, <laughs> you know, because he need, he or she needs to be know ahead of time, you know, how you're doing it, why you're doing it so that they can position you for success. Right. Exactly. Um, so we so did here, 10 today. We did 10 today. So we'll do the other 10 next week. I will hopefully, you know, we have enough time next week to do it. But I think this is good, though. These check this checklist, 10 checklists of items, guys, this is really good. Really, really good. Yeah, and I will put the checklist in uh, the description on uh, the our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And so you can go over there. The link will be there, and you can click it, and then you can actually have a physical a checklist to go yeah. over um, if you were not writing it down, but um, I will make sure you have that available to you. Uh, so being prepared is is a it's an ounce of prevention and it keeps you uh, from paying. Here's the unpreparedness costs you money. <laughs> being prepared usually saves you money. So that's true. Yeah, uh Niall says, I got a lot of work to do based on this list. Right, exactly. But Niall, next year we're gonna make sure you already ready by January, girl, because this is the stuff that usually we make sure all along year round we're getting ready for that. But yes. We want you to be ready. We don't want you to pay unnecessary amounts of money in taxes. That money could be reinvested back into your business uh for growth. Uh, for uh, staffing needs, for new equipment needs, for new uh, new product line, um, which is all then very tax deductible. So we want to make sure that you're ready um, and it's beneficial to you. Okay, so hopefully you guys. So 
Um, we didn't have our guest today, but uh, no worries. Um, he will be with us on, um, we will have him here on February 2nd. Um, so in so the first, that's the first Friday in, in, in uh, February. But next week, so Niall has been in the chat today. You guys want to come back and, and, and hear us talk to Niall. She is going to be our guest next week. I'm excited. Um, let me yeah, tell you. Niall is a phenomenal woman, guys. You, you're going to need to hear what she has to offer. Uh, she has a business. She even has a resource center for black women to help their business. She's in a tech world also, so she can help you with your back office. She helps you with uh, your systems, your your cybersecurity, all of that stuff. So she's going to be a phenomenal guest next week. Yeah. So you guys want to come back. Um, her company is called um, uh, um, was it Avercom Virtual Solutions. And we actually definitely want to recognize um black women and men that are in the tech industry because people are always saying that we're not and that is not true uh so get you'll get to know her you get to you get to know how she does business and um and find out quite a bit about her company i believe she's a major advocate for women in business and um she's an, a strategic analyst so come on back guys next friday and uh check her out on on linkedin but come back here and then the friday after that which is be the last friday and it's just so amazing that uh we will have been finished with january when we just got started um we have robin billups from the billups consulting group well robin for any of you that know robin she's phenomenal she's a good friend of mine she also is a co-host with me on another platform but she is in the procurement supplier diversity space, the DEI space, and um, she was a former banker, so she has a lot of information uh, on in that area as well. So you uh, want to stay tuned. So for the next three weeks, we have some phenomenal guests. Go over to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button so you get notification every time we go on air, and like and subscribe to us and so our, our youtube channel youtube channel is the business zone with Gris, crystal and gilbert and um and before before we uh we close out on the show guys i want to i want to say this very amazing phrase to you guys so you can think about this when you run your business when you interface with your clients when you're thinking about beating the competition and this, this is a saying that is created, generated, authored by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He's a poet. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He's a poet. So he says, the, the height of great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight. But they, while their companions slept, we're toiling upward in the night. Okay? I'm going to repeat it. The heights of great men and women reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight. But while they their companions slept, they were toiling throughout the night. So keep this in mind. When you're thinking of putting in an extra hour of work, to outperform your competitor, 
this is the kind of thing you want to think about because that's what uh, great men have done and that's why they achieve excellence over the years, over their career and for the people, all right? So I just want to put this out there, guys, and I'll be saying this until you guys get it and understand it. That's my awesome. saying for that's my saying for today. That's your that's your uh word for the week. I like that's that. my word for my motivating that's your, word your for the quote week. for the week. All yes. right, guys. So um which is good. You have to have we have to you have to have goals, you have to have visions, you have to have inspiration and motivation so that you can be the best entrepreneur, the best business owner uh that you could potentially be. Uh, if not, why why do this stuff, right? That's right. Yeah, why do this stuff? So we want to thank everyone for joining us. We're gonna sign off now and see you guys next Friday at uh, the same time. So same three o'clock afternoon. Outro? Huh? You're gonna hit the outro. I am. That's right, because you are the guest today. Yeah, I'm the guest today. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay warm wherever you are, because it's cold all across the, even here in Los Angeles, oh, across man. the country, <laughs> and here in Los Angeles. So we will see you guys next Friday, same bat channel, same time. See you guys. Right. Bye bye. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll Using procurement, program, and control As a small biz pro, I saw we grow Using procurement, program, and control I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur